Hey everyone, and welcome to Made of Stardust. I'm your host, Jolie Goodnight, and this is a podcast about people who aspire to inspire. Each one of our guests has something special about them, a spirited spark to them that breathes life into the people they inspire. After all, that's what the word inspire originally meant, to breathe life into. This podcast is supported by listener support, so go to joliegoodnight.com podcast to help keep Made of Stardust shooting for the stars. Get access to exclusive content every month and all the fun goodies. Y'all, this interview is on fire. I sat down a year ago with one of my favorite burlesque pals, Ginger Valentine, to have a spunky, fired up, real honest talk about the highs and lows of burlesque and what happens when you show up extremely authentically. Ginger was one of the first friends I made when I started doing burlesque in Texas a billion years ago, and I've been so overjoyed watching her flourish. When we did this interview a year ago, sorry y'all, time's a little funny, she had just been named number one in 21st Century Magazine's burlesque top 50 list, and since then, she was named number one again. It's been fabulous witnessing her become a mega inspirational figure with her strip school, a monthly online training program for burlesque, which is why I wanted to interview her for you. There are so many people wanting to learn burlesque and she's a fantastic place to start. And with that, I give you the oh so made of stardust, Ginger Valentine. Hi Ginger. Hello Miss Jolie. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god y'all prepare yourselves for two texas giggle boxes okay <laughs> i'm so happy that you're joining me today I'm, on may the stardust i'm really excited too it's really good to see you chat yeah. with you um chat with you what do you have going on these days um i'm still you know very much in the house a lot everything shifted of course uh and i'm you know making videos and working for my online program and when i'm not doing that i'm somewhere outside and that's pretty much it I'm performing. I'm yeah. performing, yep. I guess. Yeah. I actually have a show in uh, Santa Ana. I'm really excited about. Really awesome show, Muse Burlesque. Check it out if you don't know oh, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of them. How exciting. Yeah. Things are happening. <laughs> Things are going to start happening for me now. <laughs> um, well, so... If you haven't been able to check out the podcast yet, what I started this for was to get people feeling inspired and kind of more into life these days because things are hard Mm. and weird and tough. Mm. Um, And I found that each time I talked to somebody, I was like more and more and more pumped to make things happen for myself and in my life. So I always like to start at the beginning because you're one of the people that inspires me so much, which is why I wanted to hang out with you today. Um, and I like to start at the beginning. Okay. So what did you aspire to be when you grew up? Um, like what did little Ginger I wanted be? to I wanted to be a showgirl. I, I really did. I wanted I wanted to be a showgirl. I didn't think it was a, a thing you could really do, but that's what I wanted. And uh, beyond that, I just didn't know. I get I mean, I was always like, uh, teacher I don't know I was just you know I Mm -hmm. just really I just dancing or performing was the only thing that I was like felt some kind of certainty about just Mm -hmm. in terms of my desire 
Yeah. How did you come across showgirl stuff? Like, do you remember like just like y'all, just like anybody else, Hollywood movies? Yeah, all that old Mm -hmm. stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. I saw I saw the the movie Gypsy. I mean, that was yeah, Gypsy and Flashdance in particular. Um, But even before, I had an interest in like spicy dancing. I was also like very much into. Miss Piggy and Glamour and Zaza Gabor and you know I just yeah yeah I just always was into it oh my god do you can you yeah. hear that okay good I can't <laughs> oh you can that's my obnoxious <laughs> doorbell oh god oh my god my grandmother had the I same doorbell it. <laughs> it's it's definitely bringing back some memories for me <laughs> um well, so showgirl stuff, you know, it's funny, like that you said that you didn't think that was something that you could mm-hmm. be when I was little and people like super, super little. And they'd ask me when I want to be, I'd say princess. Yeah. Cause I just thought that was like a career, a career path. <laughs> <laughs> like it seems like a very, <laughs> it seems like a very reasonable career path to me. Um, and I feel like showgirl is kind of the same. I mean, that's that we can get into it more, but like, I feel like that's one of the amazing things about burlesque was like it carved a path for a lot of us that were like, I don't think that's a thing. Like, I don't think that's a career. Yeah. I don't know that that's real, but we've all decided it's real. So now it is. Yeah. Um, so then for folks who don't know you, what is it that you do now? What did you, what did you end up doing? Um, I became a burl. Wait, I don't understand the question. <laughs> Sorry. I don't understand the question. <laughs> sure. That's fine. Cause I have some listeners who are like, not even don't have never been to a burlesque show oh, before, okay I became a burlesque or don't I, know what okay. that is yeah because I interview people that do all sorts I didn't of know yeah I didn't so. I wasn't like trying to be sarcastic that's why I hesitated because I didn't want to be like a uh, burlesque per- like I didn't uh, know hello <laughs> I didn't understand the assignment um yeah I, I did become I became a showgirl that's mm-hmm. what I mm-hmm. and what else um I mean, for a while, I mean, I've waited tables. I've been a content creator, like a writer. Uh, I used to, when I was in college, I wanted to be a copywriter. Like I thought that's where it was at because I just wanted to be self-employed. Like I knew I could not work in an office. Mm-hmm. I knew that would be like sudden death. I worked in an office for a yeah. year. It was one of the hardest years of my life <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, so did you, did you go to school for writing? I kind of I mean I my degree is Latino studies and then I think I might I I remember switching my minor to mass comm but I don't really know like yeah I don't I was in college that was 20 years ago dang I don't remember (laughs) I really don't oh my god I know I graduated from LSU though that happened (laughs) (laughs) that's all that matters that right there that's it I don't look back all right (laughs) So then, but you have to look back for just like a few more seconds. Okay, all right, I will do that. Because how did you end up in burlesque? Like what led you to burlesque like from from Louisiana? Um, Well, I kind of had like the neo-burlesque movement. Like once I knew that was a thing, it was very like intriguing to me. And um, I was in Dallas, had just moved back. It was 2006. Seven, I think and somebody's like hey there's a burlesque show and I realized like because I had this heartbreak of like not being a performer from the ballet world which is a whole other mm-hmm. set of issues but um 
I realized, like, I was very much like aware that I wasn't dancing. It was this huge hole in my heart. And I was like, I just don't think I have, I just don't think I can go sit and be in an audience because I want to do that. And then it occurred to me, I was like, well, damn, if you want to do it so bad, why don't like internal monologue, right? Classic only child. And I just Googled it and there was an audition (laughs) and it was just, I think it, I don't mean to say these like cliche things, but I think it was just meant to be like, it was just too stupid the way everything was just like, everything just fell into place. I really didn't, Mm -hmm. you know, in my perception do that much. It just there, it was just, I was at the right time at the right place. And um, that's how I got going. It was, it was a different time. How did you, for sure. How did you find the Neo stuff? Do you remember? Like for me, I think I ended up finding Neo maybe through Bachelor Pad magazine. Like, I feel like there was an issue with Kitten DeVille Mm -hmm. and maybe she was on the cover. Like uh, that or my brain has totally made this (laughs) Um, up, which is also fine. Something that I don't talk about very much. that's actually been so influential and major for me and my whole life is a program on HBO called Real Sex. And that's actually, I think, what really introduced me to like what striptease was in the classic sense. And also, well, back then in the 90s, what modern gentlemen's club was. And I was riveted, riveted. And uh, that actually had a lot of influence on me. And then in 2005, there was also that documentary that came out along with the book. Um, Oh, God, I feel horrible for I can't remember her name. It's the book Pretty Things. Liz Goldwyn. Jesus Christ. Liz Goldwyn. I saw yeah. that. And then um, and then I caught wind of like the Pussycat Dolls and Dita Von Teese. And that was actually when I was in Baton Rouge. And I remember having a thought like, wow, that's something that I feel like I could do because I, you know, was in love with all this stuff growing up. And I have this big performance background. And I was just like telling myself at the time, like, oh, you can't move to LA and become a burlesque dancer. You're 23. Like, you're done, kid. <laughs> you know, it was like, <laughs> it was a different time back then. And also, I was coming from it with a very harsh ballet mentality. And that's what they told you. You know, I mm-hmm. went to performing arts high school, mm-hmm. and they would tell you, they would tell you at 16, like, you'll be done by 25. You better get your MFA. And you know, they were, they were really stupid about it. Um, that's why I did not go to college for a dance program, because I went through all that nonsense in high school. It helped me though. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, that's that's kind of like my pipeline to Ginger Valentine, I guess. Oh my God, I love that. That's one that I haven't heard yet. Real sex. Uh, bring oh it God, back, awesome. but probably not because they wouldn't do it right. That was the 90s. Things were, it was better. It was, I, I have become that person. I'm just like that cranky Gen Xer and I'm like, it was different back then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was totally mm. different. Like, because I, what year did you start? burlesque i think it was 2000 it was either 2006 or 7 i'm pretty sure it was 2007 that's okay that was where the cabaret stuff and then i i actually like pop pasties in 2008 okay yeah so we're in the same years and it was Um, a really 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 different landscape than than it is now then it was kind of like you well but i wonder so i feel like i just kind of like stumbled on it like via these little things like pinup and car shows and bachelor pad magazine and all this stuff in the periphery and then like one day bam I was at a show and then ta-da like that's what I wanted to do and the rest was history and I don't know if that happens that way anymore maybe maybe in other countries yeah it happens that way still um but I don't know I don't know it was definitely (laughs) different now there's like you know there's like your online (laughs) classes there's your school Uh, that you teach yeah there's so many ways Um, to 
there's so many great classes that people are doing and programs and especially like the stuff where I'm sorry, it's completely interrupted you typical, but <laughs> I no, get so excited. Go yeah. Go for it. I and, don't care. Um, I don't there's care so talk. many people that are doing stuff where I, I wish that was something that was happening when we were getting started, you and I, because that's what I wanted so desperately is like, where's the, you know, I don't mean this pejoratively, but where's the burlesque factory? Like, where can I go and get a teacher and teach me the stuff and put me, put me on, put me in coach. Like I'll be ready in six weeks. Like I need the pressure, you know? <laughs> um, yes. And I feel like it's so great that so many people are doing that and so many, you know, in all kinds of ways with a different focus and feel and flavor. It's so good. So cool. Yeah, you know, looking back on it, like something about this pandemic has gotten me thinking like back on the how long I've been doing this for and what it was like when I started. And like, I didn't know anyone who was singing and stripping at the same mm-hmm. time. And additionally, it was like kind of a no no at the time, like that year 2007, it was like you were not supposed to do them at the same oh, time. Interesting. Like that it was, was a, like what collectively yeah. people had decided that like we collectively. Yeah, oh, it's so stupid. I hate that shit. Yeah, there's like no, we have decided <laughs> no. that we, no, no. Oh, God, that shit still happens today. And I was so lucky because I had a producer who was like, oh, go for it. I don't care. I think this is great. Um. And when I was living in San Diego, but yeah, I had to like figure out an entire technique because I didn't have anybody else. I didn't have like a teacher. I didn't really have YouTube to pull from. I could go to YouTube and like find a couple of videos of like Catherine Delish, Mm -hmm. but like she wasn't singing and stripping at the same time. So I really had to kind of invent that wheel a little bit and like just figure out how on earth you take a glove off with a mic in your hand and like how to do half turns if there's a cord on your mic so that you don't trip on it. <laughs> you know, just really, really goofy stuff. Um, so you've done some really, really, really amazing things since we've met. Like um, you've won all these awards and you're number one right now in the whole dang world. Congratulations. That's so super Thanks. cool. And you've like been on tours with Dita. Like you have done some amazing stuff in these years that you've been doing burlesque but I wondered you know since actually it's kind of on the subject like um since everyone has to start somewhere like how did you feel whenever you started burlesque like did you feel confident or were you like oh god what on earth am I doing I mean I felt everything (laughs) but like I definitely had like I remember very vividly having some cognitive dissonance I don't know how to explain it other than the fact of like I'll speak in metaphors it's like when you see babies and they're just about to talk but they can't say words but they can they want to communicate so that's like how it was and I still Mm -hmm. to this day I mean I still suffer from mad imposter syndrome and I'm you know unpacking that shit in therapy so it's not like I just knew and then it's just been like full confidence like I've been faking it this whole time but at the same time what allows me to push through the doubt and the fear and the anxiety is that I'm just like uh, to be honest, I think it's a mixture of like that and also like sunk cost babe 15 years this is my career like I don't I don't this is it. <laughs> I chose this and like I'm gonna yeah. I'm committed like I'm all in you know whatever that that means um I don't know it's an interesting interesting you- I'm in a I'm in a very transitional time I feel like we all well we all are Ooh. I mean we, I we're mean, never we gonna be are. the same yeah. like we all this is collective yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
Did you feel like you knew it was your career when you started? Like when you no. jumped right on in, were you like, oh, this is the thing forever? Um, I mean, I think I had that by the time I had been in it for a few years and like had a little bit of like, I had built the four legs to my table. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think at that point mm-hmm. I did in the beginning, it felt so much more like, I don't know what this is, but I'm just, I have to do it. It just, it, you know, I just kept following the things that were like, yeah, it just was giving me what I needed. It was giving me what I needed. And I was like, I'm just going to keep doing this. And even when it wasn't giving me what I needed, it was hurting me really bad. It was still so good that I still kept going back. Oh my God. Yeah. And that's my relationship with burlesque. It's quite toxic, to be honest. I mean, I don't know how real, like, I mean, I don't know. I, I'll like, I'm going to temper, I'm going to like, you know, but yeah, uh-huh. it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. No, no. <laughs> it's mean, not without nothing. massive, like, yeah, yeah. Nothing in showbiz is easy, especially not in a field where we made it up as a career. Where, like, when I started, there were very few people that could be considered career performers. Like, it was Dirty Martini, and Kitten mm-hmm. Deville, and Dita, and Catherine. Mm-hmm. Like that was, and I, that's kind of, those were the ones I think (laughs) that I can remember, at least that I can pull from in my memory. So it's definitely, definitely never easy. And like, I know for me, I didn't have like a, ah, this is my career now moment. It just fell into place. Like I was performing and then performing more and then performing a lot and then traveling to perform and then kind of living in my car because I was traveling to perform so much. And then when I joined the Jigglewatts, the work was like, oh man, just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly, you guys are ugh. suddenly. <laughs> I, it just became my career by default. I was like, okay, I don't have time for anything else. Like this is who I am, and this is what I'm doing. Like I never had that. Like aha. Ooh. Yeah. No, I would say that I didn't eat. Yeah. No, I don't think I did either. I bet none of us did. I think we're all just like I'm. Just uh, this is cool. This is cool. And like you just, yeah, <laughs> just keep showing up. <laughs> yeah. So because you said it's like you've got this toxic thing, but you keep going back and you love it, and it's good and it's bad and it's all that, like. Why do you keep going back to it? Why is it so inspiring to you? Well, to be honest, I don't think it's like the burlesque. It's a toxic thing. It's honestly me, right? It's like me and my trauma. Uh, And I'm going to bring this shit with me no matter if it's burlesque or ballet or fucking basket weaving. Can I swear? Because I swear. I know I can. Oh, yeah. Swear. Swear away. I mean... I mean, we're talking about a career that involves like our tits and stuff. <laughs> right. like, if we can't, if we can't cuss. Yeah. What are we so saying? So I feel like this shit is probably gonna show up no matter what. So I don't really think it's a matter of it being burlesque um, necessarily. I mean, there's nuance to everything, of course. You know, I'm gonna end up like completely contradicting myself because everything has like extenuating circumstances. I feel like, but yeah. I mean, for me. Yeah. Uh, I think for a lot of us, why we do is, man, it's, it's the drugs, right? It's like the feeling you get. Mm. That's what your brain produces for you when you're performing live and like the adrenaline rush. Like, aren't we all just a bunch of like, you know, like dopamine dope fiends? Like, I mean, it's the hit, it's the high. 
I could romanticize it more and make it sound like, I mean, this is just my perception right now. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying Mm -hmm. to say that, Mm -hmm. like, it's not special. That's not my intention at all. But I just feel like, yeah, it's my drug of choice. Like, why, (laughs) why do you, what do you like? drink a bunch of coffee, smoke cigarettes, or, you know, blow all your money on an eight ball or something. Do you know what I mean? Like burlesque is definitely my, my DOC, I feel like in a lot of ways. Well, and that's, that's interesting because, uh, you know, for the past couple of years, we all have been totally deprived of our drug as a bunch of total addicts to the audience. And I know like I tried to, film something for um like a virtual show like in my in my bedroom <laughs> it was not cute it was not making me happy not sparking joy. <laughs> it was not sparking joy and I had this moment where I was like god I feel so bad I feel like my audience should have something that makes them happy and why can't I just come to the party on this like why yeah. can't I do this man And, um, then I had this little aha after a lot of coffee and because I can't have an audience, um, (laughs) I was like, oh, it's because it wasn't really about them seeing me. It was about me seeing them. Yeah. And I, and so, no, you, you, no, you, 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 no, you, no, you. (laughs) Okay. 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 And so once I like kind of re- figured out the format for myself like now I'm making more music video style and I love yeah. it super 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 into that that I can do because the intent is different context is 100%. different the rules are different you can take something off in one scene and have it back on and the next one like doesn't yeah. matter um and I know you've like done this incredible shift where so much of what you do is virtual now and I'm really inspired by that because I'm like well, she's in front of the camera all the time and she seems exactly like herself. She seems very natural. Like you've got it, you've got it figured out in such a cool way. So I wanted to know like, what's the shift been like for you? Because, you know, if, if the drug of the audience was the thing, how, what are you doing now? And like, how does it feel now? That's such an interesting question. I think that number one, uh, people who know me, what they may not know about me is that I've always been into video and editing. And like, I was always the person that's like editing tour videos of making home movies. And, you know, like, I really like video as a medium. And I'm not really fancy with editing. I don't like, get real esoteric with it. I'm just keep it simple. So that was a natural trans natural transition for me, because I already had like an interest and was already kind of doing stuff like that. And then for a long mm-hmm. time, I did Patreon and was already kind of used to performing as Ginger Valentine in a, in a digital sense. Um, but it was very terrifying for me to make the shift to really put myself out there as a teacher and just to like, yeah, really like I, for so many years, like on Instagram, like I've had that account for over 10 years and for so long, it was just so curated. I mean, I guess that's what Instagram is. And even though it was curated, it wasn't that it was inauthentic. It was just very... limited and Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of reasons but it is directly related in a lot of ways to the pandemic and just like being so tired a lot of stuff too and anyway it's just like a really interesting cocktail and time of events where I just kind of said fuck it like I'm really just gonna show up and show out the way that I am because I was so curated and like, so like trying to be a certain way and like, it really didn't get me anywhere. And 
there's something very liberating about having experienced, you know, both success and trials, tribulations, you know, heartbreak, betrayal, all of it that everybody experiences in life that, you know, and in addition to that, I've always had a strong desire to teach like period, period, Mm -hmm. the end. Um, I don't know. That's my Virgo stelium, I guess. I'm just very, you know, I have a lot of like directive, like, come on, no, this is how we're going to, you know, like, which I don't understand because, you know, I'm diagnosed with ADHD and I live in chaos. So it's a very weird balance. (laughs) But another thing too, is I just got, and look, this is no shade on anybody who likes this style, but I got very tired of too much curation and too much of like, this is what a burlesque performer is. This is what a high end burlesque performer is because that ain't me. Mm -hmm. I have skin Mm -hmm. knees and I roller skate and I smoke weed and I swear and I like to play, you know, like, I don't know. And I, I, I'm not, I'm not unique in having varied interest. I just felt like I wanted to just be like, guys, I don't have it all figured out. And also, first of all, these are my interests. (laughs) I don't have it all figured out. And like, if I'm going to be on social media, like I'm going to be me. And I'm going to be more polarizing and the people like people who are irritated by me. Good. Like we're not for each other. That's fine. You know what I mean? But like, I'm not going to try and just make this like stuff. So I don't know. I'm like going on a long tangent and like rambling, (laughs) but no, I love it. It all makes sense. That's great. Um, It's yeah. I just like, but I want to say this wasn't like premeditated and also it wasn't without massive fear. And even still, like, even with like what you said, like being voted uh, in the top 50, like I still like this morning posted a tutorial. I'm just like, Oh my God, (laughs) you know, I think that's, I really honestly think that's also my trauma. That's my trauma. That's my trauma. Been in therapy. That's my trauma. That's a lot of anxiety, you know, Mm -hmm. but it is, but like we all have that. And I think that's the other thing too, is like, I just want to be really loud and proud about like, yeah, I'm badass fucking ginger Valentine. And here's my pedigree. I don't have it figured out. I'm scared to death. I'm fucking bitter. I'm scared. I'm mad. I'm sad. I don't know. Do you want to stretch with me? Okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) And then like the other thing too is I am a businesswoman and I definitely wanted to offer, I wanted to come out with a premium product for burlesque instruction. And that's not to say that it didn't already exist. There's plenty of premium product burlesque instructions. Like that's not a diss on anybody. Okay. So don't, y'all don't get anything twisted. I wanted to do it my way is the thing is I wanted to have a premium product my way. And I will say this and y'all can twist this up and get mad all you want, but I was quite irritated with people spending all their money on rhinestones and ostrich feathers and not on continuing education. And they would balk at $400 for some type of training program, but they'll spend three times that on fans. Fuck you, dude. Are you serious? I don't really mean fuck you. I can't. I don't really mean that. But I just, I just get, (laughs) I get fired up. So I, you know, I wanted to do it my way, my style, but here's the thing is that I wanted to have a premium product, but I also didn't want to be like, well, if you can't afford me too bad, guess you can't be premium because that's also fucking bullshit. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted Mm -hmm. to make, and the pandemic allowed me the time and space where I just, I gave myself a job because I was going to lose my mark too late. I lost most of my marbles, but I was going to lose the last five. Okay, I had five marbles yeah. swirling around and they were circling the drink. And I was like making a lot of noise. Oh in my there. god. And I was like, what am I gonna do? <laughs> and I was like, I need a job. 
I am going to hire myself as a burlesque content creator. And that's how I started doing peel reels. And it was actually something that I had been telling myself I was going to do for so long, but I was just too scared. I was going to say chicken shit. That's a little bit too mean. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to speak nicer about myself. I'm a work in progress. And I was just very frightened. You know, I was really scared because I don't know why, but I'm glad I did it because I tell you what, like, uh, I, I hear a lot of people complain and rightly so about, you know, the metrics shifting on Instagram and stuff. But let me just say like, that happens to me. And like, I used to get thousands of likes and all these views and stuff. And I don't anymore. But I don't, I don't fuck with vanity metrics anymore. Do you know what I think about? And this is my best Mm -hmm. advice to anyone that really wants to put themselves out there and make a platform. A platform is a platform is a platform, whether it's 20, 20K or 20 million. And I think that you should just focus on making the content that you want to see or that you think is the most entertaining, helpful or irreverent or whatever. And who cares if it's going viral or not? Half the time when shit goes viral, it finds the wrong people. And then that's when you get all the nasty comments. I would rather have less views yeah. and a more supportive community than to go viral. So I look cool. I don't care. You know? Yeah. God, yeah, see, damn totally. it, Julie. I knew if I sat down, I was, see, the thing is that you and I are friends. And we've known each other for almost 15 years. So I have no <laughs> filter. And I'm just... <laughs> I don't, I don't want the filtered answer. That's the whole, that's the whole idea. You know, mm-hmm. I have everything that you just said. All of us have felt that way, have been thinking that way. That's why I started this podcast because I was like, you know yeah. what? I'm not alone in this. There's no way that this brokenness that I'm feeling right now and this like, okay, I guess I'm going to do this pivot. But also like when you pivot, you're facing your back to the audience, which means you have to pivot yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> so you're facing yeah. forward, you know, like we are all, that's why I started this thing because I wanted to like, I'm surrounded by really inspiring people. I know that I can pick up the phone and call you or Ruby Jewel or like a million people and be like, Hey, I'm broken today, yeah. but you inspire me and let's hang out and yeah. talk. And I wanted to provide the same thing for, for yeah. anybody else who's tuning in and hanging out and whatever, you know? So like, I'm so glad that you don't have a filter on that. And I wanted to say that like, when you were scared to post, um, it reminded me or like when you were scared to like, just start this thing, like jumpstart teaching and doing the reels and TikToks and stuff. It reminded me of um, what I keep having to repeat to myself was my mama taught me never do people's thinking. Oh my God. That is so so good. I'm going to remember that. uh, I'm going to remember that forever. Lubbock woman. Mm. Yeah. Never do people's thinking for them. And if you are going down that road, if you have to, if you can't help it, do it as positively as you possibly can. Like if you're like, okay, the people watching this are going to think X, Y, Z. If your brain just is going there, then go ahead and be like, and they're going to think it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They are going to love this. This is going to help someone. This is whatever. And, um, and it's funny because even with my own mom's incredible wisdom that I've gotten to live with, it's only recently that it's like hitting home really hard where I'm like, Oh yeah. I, like I thought I was super present. I thought I was like very seen. I thought I was a super seen person because they kept saying like, if you want to grow your career, be seen. And I was like, all they do is see yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like all they do, all I felt like all I do was like 
pushing my music out there, pushing my shows out there, pushing tickets, pushing this photo and then that photo and then another photo. It, it didn't hit me until really recently where I was like, man, I've actually been in a hole this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I've been super hidden and I didn't realize that I like had another little hurdle to jump to like become more present, more real, more um, available, I guess is maybe one of the words. I'm not really sure. But yeah. like starting this podcast is, was terrifying. Yes. Like I was like, what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna have two listeners. <laughs> but so, um, and we have more, you have more, we have more than two <laughs> listeners. Literally tens of people are hearing us right now. No, but like, here's the thing is that I think what we don't respect, and this is because of, well, white supremacy and patriarchy, if I can just skip a million steps, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is we don't respect the momentum and the work up to and the time before. And and we fool ourselves. And I feel like we gaslight ourselves as a society because we th- say things like, oh, it's about the destination, not the journey. And we all go, yep, 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 it is. Yep, yep. But in in real application, in real life, boy, we're, we're not about that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I... I, you know, I'm turning 42 in three weeks, two weeks, like real soon. And the older I get, the more I realize like, man, I just don't know anything about anything. And I really am trying to work so hard, but I I fail all the time at this. I'm not there yet, but I, I try not to, because in my thirties, what, what you're saying resonates so much in my thirties. I was like, man, like, yeah, I'm, I'm open and I'm laid back and I'm, you know, I, I'm mindful. I thought I was all these things and I was just like fooling myself. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Meanwhile, there was an undercurrent yes, that whole yes. time. And I think yeah. also for performers, yes. like we, because we want that. And look, this is like some people, again, want to be like, yes, it is art. And yes, it is all of these things. But at the end of the day, we're getting our rocks off. You know what I mean? Like it's this exchange. And uh, I'm losing my point because I was getting excited. So I started thinking about a lot of things at the same time. And it just, there just went my point. Damn it. Uh, I you don't were, know. You were thinking about your, you were thinking about your birthday. Oh, just up. that I don't know anything anymore. Uh, and how I used to think that I had everything together. And yeah, I just think that, I think we need to be a lot nicer to ourselves. And I think that, oh, going back to the momentum thing is just that we just need to start our projects and we need to make our projects and our content and our art and our stuff, whether it's high or low or mid or do you know what I mean? And exactly that, like who cares about the other stuff? Because it does, it starts, it starts a trend, doesn't it? In your life, in your universe, in your world, like in the fabric of, oh God, there she goes. But it gets. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. I love Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Go there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what you were saying earlier, like how, devastating it is that someone will spend the money on fans um which anyone who's not a burlesque dancer fans are like one of the most expensive things that you can buy prop wise other than like a big giant huge prop um and you know it's i definitely have have some fans that are (laughs) take out a credit card for you know um but wouldn't consider spending the money on their education and I think, I think that it's maybe like a, a little bit of a monster that got accidentally created, like in this burlesque world that we've been <laughs> molding out of clay or yeah. whatever. 
um, that we forgot to say just how important the education side of Mm -hmm. it is. I think there's a lot of noise, and I think this can apply to a lot of different careers. I think there's a lot of noise that says outward appearance matters. Vanity metrics Showmanship. I mean, Um, that is... It, it does matter. I mean, in a sense, right? It yeah. does. Like, I, I understand that. Sorry, continue. And, but so, but we're missing the like other element that you can have all of those things. You can have the vanity metrics. You can go viral. You can, like, you can do whatever in any career that you're doing that looks really good on the outside. But education should always be continued. That's why, actually, I'm enrolled in membership right now because, like, I've been doing this for 15 years, yeah. but. Every single time I work on one of the modules, I'm like, oh, damn, cool. Because I'm like, I would have choreographed to the horn on that part. And I'll see, like, sometimes you choreograph to the Mm -hmm. drums. And I'm like, that's so rad. And it gives me, like, a whole new, you know, sorry for the theatery term, but, like, set of tools in my tool belt. You know, like, it gives me more to work with. I get to be a better, like... Those fans that I spent the money on, I barely touch them because I don't have right now, I right. will, but I don't have that like spark of of what's needed to pick them up and go, okay, now is when I create the act yeah. with them. So instead I'm having to flip-flop because I'm like, you know, maybe I should take some classes so that I'm get get re-inspired. Like maybe I need to like learn from somebody else especially somebody I respect so that I have the confidence to pick up those bands. And I bet you there's a lot of people that did the same thing who are like, Oh man, I bought this boa or I bought that Catherine Delish robe or I bought a whatever. And then they haven't picked it up since because they're like, what I should have bought instead were some classes, no matter what point you're at in your career um, to make me better at what I do so that when I pick these up, I'm not just doing the same moves over and over I again. Know. I'm not doing the exact same thing I've been doing for 15 years, you know? So education is, is, everything. it is really true. And I, I regret how harsh I came down cause I sounded very judgmental <laughs> and I am, but I'm, I'm working on it because at the same time, you don't know what you don't know. You know what I mean? So I don't want to mm-hmm. make anyone feel like, man, I never did that. Does Ginger hate me? Like, you know, no, of course not. But the main thing, and nah. I think you touched on that point, is when people, yes, are like, oh, yes, I will spend professional tools, professional tools, and then professional training. Like, oh, no. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, right. it is. And I, you know, the fans thing. Oh, my God. Like I had taken fans classes. But even with that, the first I don't think I fell in love with my fans for like two or three years. And I was totally that girl that you were talking about, like, and even with some classes where I got them and I, I brought them home and I was like, oh, shit, I, I actually hate these things. <laughs> <laughs> I actually hate these things. And I, it was, oh man, it was so much money. There's so much money there. It's like rent. You know what I mean? Like more yeah. than that sometimes. So yeah. I was just like, I couldn't believe it. And, uh, yeah, (laughs) if I ever, yeah, if anyone ever catches edge to my voice, I'm also, it's also because I'm mad at myself because I did the things that I'm complaining about. I've done everything. I, I also work at the bank. (laughs) It's, it's shadow. You're just, you know, it's that shadow integration. Absolutely. It's totally. That's all of us. Absolutely. (laughs) All of us, you know, but I like to speak in a hyperbole and I am very feisty. So I like to act mad. 
just you know because that's that's yeah. just my personality <laughs> I think that spice is one of the things that makes you stand Aww. out you know you stand out in a in a crowd because authenticity speaks volumes you know Thanks, and Jojo. like I oh you're welcome girl like I so actually that brings me to my next question it's a good little segue I'm getting better at segues I think maybe I don't know that or it's the one I don't even know what a segue um, is I'm just kidding I do it's a, what it's is a, a segue uh, anyway so you were saying earlier like that you were really really scared to go ahead and start in on on teaching and you know doing doing the reels and stuff that you do now but you showed up anyway so i wondered is there something that makes you show up anyway that gives you that like percentage of confidence like even when you're not a hundred percent it takes confidence just to do something like it's not like it can be absent and you're like i'm gonna do no, this for sure. anyway yeah no you know? for sure <laughs> like where does that where does that come from or like what in like is there something you do that inspires you or you know whatever you can answer this however you want but like what gives you that confidence even if it's not 100%? you know this is so interesting because a year ago i would have had an entirely different answer but now with all the knowledge i have about myself and my brain and <laughs> you know everything i i think that having un, like being high functioning with undiagnosed ADHD and mm-hmm. gaslighting my like my whole life I felt like I was stupid and <gasps> but at the same time like I was very high performing but like I was str- everything is so hard it was so hard to do so I think what it is is that oh my god I'm gonna cry is that I'm just so used to feeling like I like it's, I'm just so used to feeling those obstacles. Do you know what I mean? Like it mm. didn't feel mm-hmm. out of the, or like, I don't know. And maybe this is, I'm so in it right now with all of this stuff. So probably like here, I'll probably listen to that. Well, I won't, but if I were to listen to this in the future, I'd probably be <laughs> hearing myself talk and rolling my eyes and being like, listen to what, listen to this baby. Oh God. Like, but this is just where I am right now. And I really uh-huh. do think that, uh, I'm just, that's, I'm just always kind of like, I mean, I don't know. And maybe this is not, maybe it's not an ADHD thing. And maybe it's just something that anybody could relate to, but I'm just very used to being like, I don't know, but I have to, I always had to, like, there were so many things that felt like a struggle for me that weren't a struggle for other people, but it wasn't an, it wasn't like a burlesque thing where it's like, you could do it or you couldn't. It was like, you literally have to go to school. You literally have to socialize. You literally have to do this math test or you literally, you know? And so I would just have to. So I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it's, you know, I'm just gritty. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, it sounds like you have fake it till you make I, it like really ingrained. I think that has become like my super flexed muscle from the, my coping. You know what I mean? It's just, mm-hmm. but then also I, I don't know if this is a thing, but I feel like I have production or work dysmorphia where I'm just, I'm, I'm like, is this enough? am I, am I doing it? Like, I'm just like, is this good? Is this enough? Am I producing enough? Should I? And I think that that's like a solo, not just self-employed, but a solopreneur, which is a totally like, I thought I wanted to be self-employed, but then I realized like, oh no, I don't want to be self-employed. I want to be the one and only, I don't want any bosses. I don't want any, I don't want Mm -hmm. any bosses. I don't want any bosses. I want Mm -hmm. it to just be me. 
which is a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that also is just because it's very hard for me. Like I can only show up to my schedule. I just can't. It just slips through my fingers. Like it just, and, and I think that it's gotten yeah. worse. Was that hard with touring whenever you were touring? Cause I know you did a few tours with Dita. Was that tough? That touring? was not tough was because like... everything was like very like structured. Like, okay. look, I'm just going to be real. We're all guilty of this. Like, all of us, even now, this is not true. Some productions I've worked for very like, but there's a lot of like kind of fluidity, I feel like in the burlesque world mm-hmm. with productions and stuff, even at <laughs> professional produced levels, like I'm just saying, there's just like a little bit more. And at sure. that level, it was just a little bit more like corporate feeling and that it everything was streamlined. I don't really know. And like, I didn't mm-hmm. have to keep up with mm-hmm. any of the hotel. Like, I don't know. I just... It was actually a perfect situation for someone like me, only in that I really, I had an email every day that was like, this is when you do this, this is when you do this. And I didn't Mm -hmm. have to keep up. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't, things that really stress me out are like booking my own flights, my hotels, uh, managing my, I mean, I'll be really honest. Like, I turned down a lot of gigs just because, especially right now, I just don't have the capacity to manage myself. I just don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't. And I think it's really hard for people to hear or understand, but that really is the truth is that I'm like, I don't think you actually really want me. (laughs) I don't know. That's not, I mean, that's not entirely true, but like when it comes to not so much like friends that I've worked with, like, oh my God, that's different. Like Muse Burlesque, you know, Moxie, like Mm -hmm. that's so Mm -hmm. different. But when it's like, you know, some prospective client and and it's like a new city or God international people are asking me about international stuff right now. And I'm like, are you, are you, but are you cuckoo? (sighs) (sighs) I don't know. Like I, you know, but, um, yeah, I'm on the same page with that. I think if someone asked me if I could go overseas right now, granted, I have like a weird trauma of having to leave the tour that I was on because of COVID. Um, but still I'd be like, yeah. No, <laughs> that's too, that's too unpredictable. Yeah, and like, I'm so, pr- I'm so proud of myself when I leave the oh house my God. right now. Like I'm so, I, so super yeah. proud. Like, you know, uh, the thought of, of, um, doing all that is that's I, a lot. That's I definitely big. feel way more like in home from my anxiety, definitely relate more to agoraphobic traits in ways that I never, ever, 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 ever have. And as a matter of fact, I like have to do small things to like, you know, yeah, re-socialize mm-hmm. myself. And I don't even really want and I know to. That. I'm like, I don't even really want, I'm like, do I have to? Because I'm ready to just, re- you know, I'm just, not retire, but I'm just like, uh, can I can I just stay in this house? <laughs> and like, I live so close to <laughs> but the But I beach. know that roller skating. Yeah, I mean, not like, but I just yeah. mean like, I don't want to go to a grocery store. I don't want to go to a post office. I don't want to go to a concert. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be in nature. Mm-hmm. I want to be at your house or I want to be at my house. I -hmm. feel, and I don't think I want to stay this way. I'm just, you know, so I'm slowly trying to, but it's affecting my bookings for sure because I don't want to leave. What's cool though is like what I have figured out from this that I love is that uh, if I don't want to have to go to a grocery store for a while, like if I still want to pick up my groceries, I actually can. And it gives me more time to do stuff like take a dance class. Like this has opened up my life as an mm. artist, like especially since I've started painting, like 
if I don't want to go to the post office because I want to do it this way or that way instead, like do all, it opened up my possibilities where now instead of like running errands, you can be I creative. Can paint yes. Or dance mm-hmm. or create a new act or write a song or, you know, any, any other number of things. I'm like, I do want to go to a concert. But I don't. I went to want bad religion. To do any of the other stuff that you <laughs> you did. We did go to bad religion. Oh my yeah. god! I mean, but that's bad religion. Oh my you know. god! You know it's yeah. bad religion. Come, I, oh, know, I, know. Know. Oh, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the only thing is that makes me want to leave the house more is what I've found being at home so much, and especially because of social media. And like ingesting a lot of social media and just media in general, like whatever on Netflix or streaming stuff, or I'm just ingesting so much that I feel, and I don't know if you'll feel this way too, but I feel like I'm in a living inside of a creative mm. bubble. Like um, anytime I go for inspiration, I'm seeing a lot of the same stuff and it's all really cool yeah. stuff. And I love everything everyone's doing, but you know, there are some trends that are like really popping up over and over and over again. And no matter how incredible they are, I'm like, man, I just need an art museum yeah. for a yeah. second. Or like, I need something else to like awaken a creative beast in me. So lately I've been trying to like, look at the Smithsonian's online oh, thing. I love that. <laughs> or, I know, love like, I'm like, I'm so gonna, so oh so God. Dorky. Well, I'm kind of like on the other end of the spectrum where I'm just like, yeah, yeah, short little media clips. And like, I, you know, for my brain type, TikTok, like, oh man, if it wasn't for my work, I wouldn't be on Instagram anymore. See you later. Bye. Don't need you. And that's not to say anything about oh, the wow. people I love. I'm just talking about like the vibe and the 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 short doses. It's so hard for me to even watch a TV show anymore. Not saying that with pride. That's, that's mm-hmm. just like, because I have been, but I have the same cravings that you do. It's just that I, uh, instead of like the museum stuff, I think that's what I do for like nature. Do you know what I mean? Is mm-hmm. like the same mm-hmm. kind of thing, mm-hmm. but I love that. Like I, I need to do that more, uh, not just nature and also not just TikToks, but like maybe take some inspiration from you and, <laughs> well, I think nature's nature's a good one. I mean, you live in a beautiful place with like the perfect weather year round. It's true, and you know you can go like go roller skating and and get like all the inspiration you need, like just rolling down the it, street. It's a ama- well, yeah. You don't roll very easily down Venice Boulevard because it's so like <laughs> messed up. Like a, like just the roads in California are crazy, but definitely the water. That's the that's the that's. I mm. all, you know, and you know, I'm a woo-woo girl. Definitely look to the stars and the planets and have so much water in my chart. And so I just like just to be by the ocean is even before I moved to the west side, I was coming out to the beach, you know, once or twice a week. Ollie and I both were, which is not typical for Angelinos. Like so many people I talk to, they're like, I haven't even been, you know, it'll be years, you know. And now <laughs> that I moved out pretty much like on the border of like Venice and uh, Mar Vista, yeah, it's just, just yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. It won't be yeah. forever. Yeah. But when I... It's amazing for now. 
When I lived in California, it was so hard to get any of my San Diego friends to want to go to the beach. They were the same way. They were like, oh, I didn't even remember yeah. the last time I've been to the beach. And of course, I'm like, te- Texan oh, yeah. just moved there. And I'm like, beach every, <laughs> every day. day. Like, I want the sand between my toes. <laughs> and then there's the mountains and the desert, too. So, yeah, I mean, Mike and I, um, that's our solace you know we'll we'll be great i mean we don't do it very often it's so difficult but sometimes we'll just drive up to yosemite we've done it even just for the day which is like five hours from la and we'll just like go and be like well you want to you know sleep in the van or come back like ah fuck it let's just drive home (laughs) but those trips really so this is a make me so happy yeah i have a cheesy question then like really cheesy i hope that's okay you can do no wrong okay 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 so then since nature is your jam, does it ever inspire what you create? Like, are, are, have, have there been times when you're like out there and then you're like, oh my God, I know what act I'm supposed to do next. Oh. Like, do you, and then do you take it with you when you're creating or are they just like independent? Like one is your muse, but it's not necessarily like embedded in what you create or are they like, kind I of- think. I think when I go out into nature, it just allows me to be still and calm. And I think it's more restorative than like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's more about being in the elements and like feeling the wind and air and earth. And yeah, I always think about the elements a lot because we have all of them around. Well, we don't always get to have fires in California, but when we do (laughs) and um, it's like, it inspires me in that way. Not so much like I'm looking at the campfire and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be a flame. And you know, not so much like in a direct <laughs> yeah. way like that. Although it's a very interesting question. And I'm like, why do I not think about that? And I'm going to, I'm going to think I'm going to take that with me, Jolie. And next time I go out, I'm going to be looking <laughs> around and being like, what is this rock telling me to do? <laughs> oh my god i'm i'm gonna go out next time i go camping i'm gonna just build i'm gonna gonna pick, i'm gonna tell mike i like pick five six things and i'm gonna see what they tell me to do because this is the kind of dance creative exercises we used to do when we were like in a you know in a dance program it's like you're a popcorn kernel oh, and yes. go choreograph <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna do that i'm gonna call that i'm gonna call that act uh for jolie okay that's really sweet (laughs) and the reason why I asked that ridiculous wonderful but ridiculous question is because you said like the ocean is just everything for you and when I think of you I you are in blue in my brain Mm. like when I think of you you're and and maybe it's that I saw you in a blue costume often or something I don't know but like you said ocean and I'm like well yeah She's she is wearing blue. That totally makes sense. Duh. No, I love royal blue. I've had a connection with that color since I was very very young. Directly, I I think Sleeping Beauty, dude, Disney, and like I am totally pink. I mean, I'm I'm either this or I'm blue. Do you know what I mean? Like, which is what happens in that scene. In I know. The end. They yeah. switch her dress from pink to blue from pink exactly. To blue. And that was always actually like I loved that scene and I wanted to dress just like that. And wow, I'm just realizing a lot of stuff right now. <laughs> But yeah, I I don't like claim or identify as blue being a signature color, except I just say that I love it. But I have had other people that are like, so you're Ginger Valentine, but like blue's your thing? And I'm like, my thing? And it's kind of the same thing where they're like, oh, just lots of, you know, you're in blue a lot. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess it is my thing. 
<laughs> I hadn't even connected that with being your name. Like they want well, you to I feel wear like it was a na- orange. Well, uh, you know, and this is mostly like Jeff's, a Jeff kind of comment. It was like, Ginger Valentine, you don't have red hair. Or like, uh, Ginger, uh, Va- you know, okay. I don't know. People gotcha. like, yeah. they, you know how people be asking some crazy questions. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Okay, so then what does inspire you to action? Like, what is it that makes you go like, ooh, I know what number I'm going to create next? Like, is it, what's your process? Um, I am not really a visionary or a conceptual artist. Color is what inspires me and Mm -hmm. sex. So the, I I just. That's conceptual. Okay, so I realized one day my phone started blowing up and everyone was texting me about this documentary. And I'm like, yo, this is my favorite documentary. I've been trying to tell everybody about it. And it's so hard to find. And they just put it on Hulu. And I think it's still on Hulu and everybody must watch it. And this is my inspiration. It's a 1986. Is it a mockumentary? Is it a movie? Is it a documentary? I don't know. But it's with real women. Stripper? That is that yeah. is what inspires me and colors of the rainbow and that's and sex like I really admire performers who are able to have a vision and create a concept and yes you're right I do have a concept it's just that it's not uh, innovative nor is it uh, intricate nor is it elevated you know what I mean like I'm very simple with burlesque and my intention and I want to be a dirty dancer. I want to be a dirty dancer. Dirty dancing inspires me. Dirty dancing, tits and ass. I love women. I love naked women. I want to be one. I want to be around them. I That's what I'm about. And only because of my crippling anxiety and my mild misandry did I never work in a club. Like I can't, I think it's honestly, I think mm. it's the way I identify with so many neurodivergent traits. Like I cannot, I can't, I can't, I, I couldn't go small talk with the guys. Like I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Now, I would be great if I would have known more about kink and if I could have just been like, if I could have found my community of people that like are into apathetic bitches, because that's how I am in terms of service to men in a professional setting is Mm -hmm. very like, what do you want? You know what I mean? But I just always felt that like, if I was going to work in a club, I'd have to be very like, hey, oh, you're so funny. And like, (laughs) and like, I... And I'm not saying that it's good or bad. So like by me saying like, I can't do that, that is not assigning any meaning other than I'm socially awkward. I don't have the skill (laughs) set to sell lap dances, but that's all, but that's what I want to do. You know what I mean? I want to dirty dance. Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to dirty dance. (laughs) I want to do it cutesy. I want to do it like provocatively. I want to do it like a coquette. I want to do it like a whore. Like I want to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, dark and light, feminine, sexy time, energy. That's what I want. That all sounds very conceptual. You're to right. Me. <laughs> See, this is what I mean about I think some of dysmorphia and also just like I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I I just yeah. I discredit also, a lot of things that I do. I'm like, well, this is real stupid, but blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> I'm try, I'm working on it. I mean, I. I do the same thing. I feel like I want to introduce every question I ask is like stupid before I, I ask it, which doesn't oh, make God, any sense can... when you have a podcast where I you know. know you have to ask people you just questions. Have to, you have to just be like, this is the question. This hey, is the question. Man. And I have good <laughs> questions, man. <laughs> you know, you have to be like, this is the question, man. <laughs> yeah, well, that's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> 
Yeah, that all sounds very conceptual to me and elevated, but also that could be because I have an overly analytical brain mm. and I'm like, I'm already like seeing all the things yeah. <laughs> attached to everything you said. And I'm like, oh, but it's more than color. Yeah. It's the texture of the well, strippers things. And then the like when I watched that documentary recently, like I'm, I wanted to like write a paper. Dude, that documentary. Because I was so inspired. It changed by it, my life. You know? I think I, it came into my, I don't even remember how it came into my world. And it was maybe six, seven, eight years ago. And I was obsessed mm-hmm. with it. I was, obs- I still am obsessed with it. I watch it all the time. It is like my Annie or my, you know, whatever the movie you put on when you're a little girl that you watch over and over and over again. If I'm not feeling good and like, cause I don't watch, I usually don't watch TV. I'm also watching my phone, but if I put that on, oh my God, Danielle. Oh my gosh, yeah. watch that and I take notes. And a lot of the slow, 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 slow stuff doesn't always translate for burlesque audiences, which makes me wonder because a lot of the stuff that I want to do, I'm like, I think it's meant for video. I don't think it's, I don't know. I don't know. I want. Well, you can try it and then see what seeps yeah. in. When you start performing regularly, you may just find that that like naturally kind if of. If I start performing, too. if I start performing regularly, I don't know, Jolie. Well, <laughs> whatever. You, I mean, I've all, whatever. I've already quit is. three times before, and I always fail at quitting burlesque. So I'm probably will perform regularly again. <laughs> I never knew that you mm-hmm. quit. Mm-hmm uh somehow i just I, well, and we're out of time oh no well it was really great talking to you <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah um no i i still have more a few more awesome oh, okay, questions well, really good <laughs> questions <laughs> okay so i actually thought back whenever you were saying that you got your first set of fans and you were like I hate these <laughs> yeah. things and I was like why didn't I hate mine when I first got mm. them and it's because I had a mentor in San Diego um her name is Lady Borgia mm-hmm. she wasn't able to mentor me on the singing and stripping stuff I was I was alone on that one yeah. um but she did mentor me as much as she could on other stuff and fans I had the best teacher because as soon as I picked him up she was like okay so don't think of them as something you're holding think of them as an extension of your body that's great and so the very first time I ever held fans that was the first thing that was said to me within like the first few seconds and I was like oh okay and it all became really simple after that but so I wondered because somehow we've never talked about this did you have any mentors or anybody that like has guided you along the way like not just in the beginning but just kind of throughout your career I took classes I've taken classes you know I did strippers holiday with Michelle Lamore I've had coaching from Catherine Delish um yep those are big I mean, I always wanted to do Strippers Holiday with Michelle Lamore. I'll put all this in the show notes, by mm-hmm. the way, for anybody that wants to check this yeah. stuff out. But um, I always wanted to go and talk about like paralyzing fear. I just could never bring myself to do it because I was absolutely terrified yeah. of. Um, and I wish I hadn't been like I was so scared of being critiqued or. Uh, just seen yeah like I can perform in front of 5,000 people and I feel like a goddess but in a room full of my peers I'm like a rosacea like a bright pink skin disaster yeah it's (laughs) it is really intense I you know 
I prefer to work with clients like in a video format where you can like present the act and kind of have some separation and not just like perform and then like be kind of panting and standing there naked and then have a room. This is, this is not how it goes in strippers holiday, but like, you know, then have, yeah. And then like to be (laughs) workshopped like that is so intense, dude. I couldn't, I couldn't do, I couldn't do that today. I really couldn't, you know, but you could then I did. I couldn't. I mean, I did it, but I, I didn't do it well. Like, you know, I Mm. learned a lot from the classes and the community, but like, of, of that intimate, you know, strippers holiday thing. But no, that was beyond my capacity. Like every single time I would exhibit my act, it was like the worst ever. This is not me being dysmorphic or, you know, at all. This is just the facts. Like it was not my best. And it's, you know, I think it's really tricky to critique burlesque in that kind of a setting because you just, what you just, made that point about digital shows and like to perform in the daytime for like six to seven people, you know, that's not the same energy. You're different. I feel Mm -hmm. like it's better if you like take, now it's not always the case that you can workshop this way. And I'm also not dissing strippers holiday. I'm just raising a point, you know, and to say that I feel like it can be really intense to be in a room full of people and to, because you, it's so scary to be juried, but then on top of that, you're naked. It's like, a, it's dude, it's mm-hmm. so much. It's so much. Everybody cried. Okay. Not everybody. I definitely did every year. And I was yeah. Crying. And I mean, I suppose it was character building, but, and this is not again, a diss on the program or the fact that that element was there just in hindsight. I think for me, it wasn't, that wasn't what was the benefit. It was the actual Mm -hmm. classes and the coursework. Do you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. I just want to say that Mm -hmm. because I Mm -hmm. feel like there's a lot of pressure for us to kind of like, yeah, be confident or fake it till you make it. But let's also just appreciate how hard some of these situations that we find ourselves are. Like, why are we, why do we have to, why, why do we have to do it like that? You know what I mean? Like, why, you know, (laughs) like, does it really have to be that way? You know? And I'm speaking again, hypothetically, again, this is not like a critique on strippers holiday. This is just more conceptual about those types of workshopping environments, you know? And also just to validate you and to say like, it's fucking scary, bro. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we all have uh, different things that we respond really well to when it comes to like an educational environment too. Like some people, even when I was acting, even when I was doing theater, like I could take the same monologue that I would do on stage that I would have killed it on stage with, but the audience would have like really responded. And then I could go try to work on it, like bring it to a class setting and be like, yeah, this is going to be great. And then as soon as I'm in front of my peers and it's like 15 students or whatever, like completely bomb and also forget. I would forget every line. I always forgot my choreography when I was like doing it live. It just, I just don't work that way. Yeah. I just don't. But I wonder if like teaching, because I know every time I teach classes, like I learn so much about my craft from teaching. And I wonder if that's just like the same for well, you, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. When you were like, you know, I, when you were talking about, and thank you so much. And you were like, uh, you know, I'm a member of member strip. And here's the thing is like, I also can, like, I learned so much by doing strip school and member strip. And it's not that 
I'm an incompetent teacher. It's just that any, any teacher will tell you this, that when you teach, you deepen your knowledge and you just, you know, now I don't get the benefit like you were talking about. And this is what I'm always craving is to find a teacher so that it's not coming from my brain and my perspective. So I have those aha moments of like, oh, I wouldn't think to do it this way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I w- I'm still looking for a mentor. I'm looking for a burlesque mentor. If anybody's out there and will take me on as a client, I'm looking for a burlesque coach. I have none. It's helpful. Yeah, I really, I really want me, one. Thank you so sure. much. I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, I have one more really awesome question for you. I like this. This is a good setup. <laughs> okay. It's a really good setup. Um, this is a really fun question. And I'm sorry that it's like kind of challenging and weird. Everyone's always like, oh, I wish you had sent this to me oh, before I would have thought about it. Nervous. Don't care. Don't care. Because I want your on the spot, okay. honest I answer. only know how to be honest. Um, I know. I know. I love it. Uh, so what would you say to people who are, are aspiring? To oh, be I don't want to answer this question. You do. You do. Or do something and they don't know where to oh, begin. Okay. Doesn't okay. have to be. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> who want. Okay. Yeah. It's, it doesn't have to be burlesque related. Just like anyone who's like shifting gears in their life and they don't know where or how to begin okay. because you began something once and you keep doing it again throughout this, your Okay, I do want to answer this question. You were right and I was wrong. Yeah. And this is why I need to, sh- to be <laughs> quiet more and listen more is that just don't feel like you have to know how to start. And mm-hmm. okay, so when I was a dancer and I would look at people who were choreographers, I was always like, how do they know this stuff? And then I learned there was a fundamental difference. They didn't. They just could do the trial and error. They would just show up. They would practice. They weren't afraid to fail. They weren't afraid to make something that looked like shit and they would refine it and whatever, whatever, whatever. And now again, like, I mean, certain things were like, if you want to be a welder, you can't just like (laughs) figure out welding. Like I get, you know, but (laughs) like if it's a skilled trade, but especially with something, you know, that's creative, start and don't be afraid to make the worst crap like don't be afraid (laughs) don't be afraid to suck people ask a lot about skating and it's the same thing I'm like they're like I don't want to fall and I'm like you don't want to skate and they're like no I want to skate but Mm. I just don't want to fall I'm like you don't want to skate because you're gonna fall you're gonna fall and it's gonna hurt but it will hurt less if you know how to fall and if you under you know it's gonna hurt your ego less also if you understand that even skilled skaters fall like that is mm-hmm. so again, the sense of perfectionism, the sense of urgency, the sense of productivity, this very capitalist, white supremacist, patriarchal type of mentality is hurting us all. And I think we're all mm-hmm. a lot of us trying to deprogram and unlearn a lot of that bullshit behavior. And I think that your question really points to a lot of stuff like that, because why wouldn't someone just like kind of just fumble or you know like why wouldn't you do like think about when you're a kid like you're playing whatever dumb dumb pretend game on a rocket ship and you're no one told you how to play pretend <laughs> you just kind of figure it yeah. out and speaking in broad strokes and oversimplifying things and it's you know depends on everything but in general just go for it and don't be like you're gonna suck you know like mm-hmm. maybe you won't good for you <laughs> whoever you are <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I don't, oh man, the thing for me, for me, the thing is snowboarding. I want to do it so badly. And um, <gasps> man, for me, oh, the heartbreak is I never get enough time on the mountain to really, really, really progress. But I'm, I just really, and roller skating was like that too, where it was like, I had already proven that I could be and feel successful or like have some sort of mastery in my craft as a burlesque performer. But on roller skates, like I didn't roller skate. I sucked. I fell. You know what I mean? If I get on a snowboard and mm-hmm. fall, I can't go heel side, toe side. You know what I mean? But yeah, I'm not going to not suck. <laughs> hey, don't take yeah. that. Don't you dare put that quote out of context, man. I'm. <laughs> oh, I would never. No. Oh, my God. I no, would I never. I'm on your side. No, I know. I'm on your no, team. No, no. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like. I think we, we edit and censor ourselves and it's too soon to be in the editing and censoring process. You have to really like verbal vomit or just paint a bunch of shitty paintings or write a bunch of crappy, crappy songs or, you know, fill a journal full of bad poetry. Like, I, I don't think that all of my reels are like, sometimes my hair is messed up or like the it's crooked. And I'm like, I just don't like the thing that I'm focusing on is being helpful. And like, if you're getting started, the thing you're focusing on is getting started. That's Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Oh, did you hear that? Mm-hmm. That's it. Hear that accent. It. That's it. Girl. <laughs> oh, it comes out when I talk to people in Texas. Um, but I I feel so I feel so strongly about that. And I it's not that I like dumb myself down or I try to be sloppy on purpose, but I intentionally avoid perfection on my lessons and reels, mm-hmm. even in strip school, because I'm so just like, good. fuck that. It's stupid. I'm going to show you that you don't have to be that way. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. be that way. And Oops. I'm still going to be helpful and informative and I guess influential. I can't really sit with that top 50 stuff. That's really hard. To, that's hard to like <laughs> process. Um, I tried to process it and then I was like, ah, I don't know. But but I will take a second <laughs> to acknowledge it and be like, yeah, I've accomplished a bunch of stuff and no, I don't have it together. Yes. I am scared. Yes. I feel like I'm an imposter and I feel like everyone's mad at me or going to, you know what I mean? Like I have all those things, but I just show up and do it anyway. Is that because of a brain thing and undiagnosed ADHD or is that because of just grit and tenacity? Who knows? But I think anyone that feels inspired by that sentiment can take those qualities and run with it and make it their own. And, and like, just, yeah, like I am all about pursuing excellence, but not perfection. And mm-hmm. excellence to me incorporates showing up for yourself, being kind and resting and not having to be productive and busy and being so stressed. I'm so tired of people humble bragging. Like I didn't get any sleep. I was working all night long. Dude, yes. ew, I don't want to be your friend. Ew, you drive me crazy. Now I yeah. am a productive, that's my diagnosed hyperactivity. Mm-hmm. So I, I know I say things like that and people want to slap my face because I am so productive and prolific, mm-hmm. but I don't know how else to be. And I also, this is my full-time job. I'm in this apartment all the time. All I have to do is either roller skate, play animal crossing or make content for my friends. So, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 I think, um, excellence has a lot of like strength behind it and perfection has a lot of fear behind Black it. Black mentality versus you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I hadn't thought about yeah. it that way, but absolutely. I love that, Jolie. I love it. 
Yeah, ex excellence is abundant and perfection is like so limiting. Yeah. You know, it has it puts all these like boundaries on on what you are <clears throat> able to do because none of us none of us are perfect. Like you can't be. Yeah, there's a we're flawed. The, an Italian proverb that we're flawed and so we're perfect. Yeah, Sorry. no, Go I ahead. love that. And um there's an Italian proverb that I use a lot in my teaching. I forgot where I read it, found it, and it's uh perfection is the enemy of the good. Because of exactly what you said, it's so limiting. Yeah. It's so limiting. It paralyzes us before we can even get started. And we're so mean to ourselves. And we don't even know that we're mean to ourselves. We're all gaslighting ourselves and just being like, oh, I should I should really be rehearsing. No, bitch, you should be taking a nap and being nice to yourself for like five minutes and go drink some water. <laughs> like, cut it out. It's yeah. not, this is not how you succeed is by like, you know, struggling I think I don't know yeah this is this is yeah. how well for me like today <laughs> I love it like for me perfectionism has been a way of avoiding like I mm. okay speaking of rehearsal uh I'll avoid rehearsal for some silly reason I'm still getting to the root of it I don't know what my deal is but I'll avoid rehearsal by being really perfect about all the production side of things, yeah. like making sure all the T's are crossed, I's are dots, or, or yeah, you know, like yeah. all the emails are answered, all that, like, cause I'm a graphic designer for all the shows that mm -hmm. I do. I'll work on every single performer having their own individual poster before I'll go dance. <laughs> That's one of the other reasons why I signed up for your course is because I was like, I need something to yeah. kick me out off of the computer. Because I also think that maybe in our kind of peer group of, um, of burlesque that at the time, um, how little you were sleeping was sort of rewarded. No, it was. Like, if you were the busiest performer in the room, that must mean that you're the best. You're the highest the morals, room. the most celebrated. Yeah, like something to be right. aspiring to be. Yeah. So I felt like if I wasn't on the computer constantly promoting, constantly making sure that the show sold out, constantly doing all these other things, then I wasn't yeah. uh, perf performing at my highest. And really what I needed to do was like close the laptop yeah. and go dance for like an hour. Like how, you know. Yeah. And then also take a nap and drink some water and, and yeah. do the other things. But Yeah, the <laughs> dancing movement is so important because it it completes your stress cycle. You know, mm -hmm. I learned, I, that's mm -hmm. something else I learned in therapy. And I was like, oh yeah, like I have to move my body. It doesn't even have to be dance. I mean, you could just, you know, jump up and down to bad religion yeah. for a long time or, you know, <laughs> play UGK. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's all sorts of like neuroplasticity yeah. that's involved. I'm all and, about that and stuff right now. And dance yeah. and, oh my God, me too. That's like a whole other, whole, that's a whole uh, other conversation, but it is life-saving right now um well thanks so much for hanging out though and imparting so much wisdom uh, like i just feel like a lot of people are going to be able to take what you said and have it give them that i don't know the oomph the something that they needed I hope to, so. to get I them have, in gear or i really am pulling for everybody i really do mean that i have like i said i i talk in hyperbole and i act real mad a lot of times because that's just my personality but I really am pulling for everybody and I just, man, it's just not easy, is it? <sighs> it's not easy, but we're, uh, hopefully we can make it just a little bit yeah. easier. 
for people who need it. It's so good to see you. Oh my goodness. It's so good to see you. And um, yeah, I'll link all the stuff that we've talked about in the show notes so that people can find out where to find you. But where do you want people to look for you first? Um, I guess it depends on what you're interested in. Um, I'm on Instagram and TikTok under Ginger Lee Valentine. And that's where I put all of my free tutorials. And then I teach a weekly free live class via Zoom. And I have that link kind of hidden in the open and people can DM me if they want that link. Um, and then I also post the replay there. And then if you're interested in strip school or a member strip, gingervalentine.com. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you. Thank Ginger. you, Miss Jolie. Bye. Bye. Yes. That's it for this episode of Made of Stardust. Thank you so much for tuning in. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. If you want to get exclusive access to behind the scenes content and all the fun goodies, go to joliegoodnight.com slash podcast. Every contribution helps to keep this podcast shooting for the stars. Thanks for your support, and we hope we've inspired you today. Take me to the